0: All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, Rob Kress here, Root Pharmacist, with another episode of Root Pharmacist Radio. So listen, in the last couple episodes, we've been talking about thyroid, uh, and then we got into hypothyroid to kind of get you to know about that. Now, what I want to do right now is to kind of take our first step into proper assessment for thyroid. You know, there's a reason a lot of people fall beneath the cracks. There's a lot of times people walk away from their doctor feeling that there's probably a thyroid problem, but their doctor says everything's normal. And their question is, well, why do I feels like, you know, so bad. Um, You know, one of the things like I like to do, you know, I think the important thing is, is how is the individual functioning? So beyond even the the tests we're going to get into now and the assessment, we need to look at symptoms. That's why in the previous episode, I talked about um, downloading a symptomatic report or checklist. And you'll see that I'll have that up on a a blog post shortly at rootpharmacist.com that'll provide you that. Uh, so these are all things that you need to do and can really help because you know, thyroid, sometimes it does take putting on your, uh, investigative cap and looking a little deeper. And the problem is through a lot of conventional medicine, we just don't look broad enough or deep enough. Uh, Someone goes. This is essentially what will happen. Someone goes to the doctor, and the doctor is going to run a TSH, which is thyroid stimulating hormone uh, screening, as well as a T4. Now T4 is the levothyroxine. It'll be free T4 because free T4 indicating uh, the thyroid that has the that's not bound that has the ability to stimulate uh, the cells and the receptors. So thyroid stem- so the problem with this, as we've explained in the previous episodes of Root Pharmacist Radio, is that T4 is an inactive pro-hormone, even free T4. So it needs to be converted to T3 to really get thyroid activity going. Um, And there's a lot of reasons why people might not convert, as we talked about. Everything from nutritional deficiencies to elevated cortisol levels, uh, infection, inflammation, the list goes on. So there's a a lot of reasons there. But often now we also have to keep in mind Someone might have a normal-looking TSH, which is thyroid-stimulating hormone. If, if we, you remember, we talked about how the body speaks from the hypothalamus to the mit- pituitary to send um, the thyroid-releasing hormone out, thus triggering the thyroid-stimulating hormone. But if someone has elevated cortisol, primarily due to, uh, a lot of stress or chronic fatigue or whatever it might be, um, but stress is a common thing, then that can be artificially suppressing the TSH, thus the TSH looks normal. So the doctor, and you know, what that represents, uh, the TSH basically it's made through the pituitary gland, um, and it releases when the body feels that thyroid hormone is needed by the body. So more needs to be made. So that's the first thing. So we're, what we're going to do is here right now, we're going to get into a complete thyroid panel. As I mentioned, the first two things or the average things a practitioner might t- test is TSH and T4. So say you go to the doctor, the doctor checks the TSH and it says it's normal. So he thinks, okay, well, the body doesn't feel that there needs to be any more. Um, I want you to keep in mind, TSH should only be used as a screening tool, but it's not a role of diagnosis, such as say someone, uh, the next step would be a T4. If they were to check a free T4, um, that's going to show how much circulating T4 there is in the body. Now, it might be low. And if it's low, the doctor might prescribe levothyroxine. Now, say, for instance, if uh, the patient is on a certain dose, but their symptoms get worse, but the doctor checks TSH, it's normal, T4, it's actually bumped up, looks better, doctor won't do anything, might not make any changes. Uh, We got to remember that TSH I was speaking about, that can be artificially suppressed by issues like cortisol, elevated cortisol levels, so we need to look deeper. what else is there? There's a total T4. I do like a total T4, especially, um, in the realms of everything, because total T4, you know, if you think about it, as we mentioned before, since thyroid levels do not normally decline till the age of like, you know, late forties, 55 years old, production of thyroid gland is measured by total T4. So this is telling you how much your body's actually producing, um, testing the total T4 also will allow a thyroid gradient to compare to the free t4 uh, to assess thyroid binding activity so look at it this way you got total t4 so this is how much the body is producing but some of it that might be bound so it's kind of rendered inactive to a point it could be overly bound as we talked about in the last episode for something as simple as too much thyroid hormone um, being put into the body that itself can lead to it so It's a good idea to get an objective idea because if the body's not producing enough in itself, then we got to think maybe is there pituitary or thyroid dysfunction or sluggish maybe. Uh, Maybe we just aren't getting enough of the nutrients such as iodine and thyroid. So then that would lead us to the free T4. Uh, The free T4, this is the thyroxin. Um, It's made in the thyroid gland and it accounts for more than 80% of the thyroid gland's production. We talked about that. The idea is then T4 is then changed into the more active T3 within the liver, kidneys, or the gut, okay? So from here, we really need to check free T3. Free T3 is at least five times more active than T4. Um, Although one of the main reasons it can be low due to decreased conversion ability from T4. So remember, T4 has to convert in most cases to T3. If we're only testing a TSH and a free T4 and we have low thyroid symptoms, we really need to see what's going on with free T3. We should be checking free T3 anyway to see what's going on because we need that activated hormone. Remember how I said low thyroid or hypothyroid activity can open up the risk for certain issues such as heart disease? Uh, You know, we don't want to have these silent killers come about us. So this is an important thing to look at. Now, there's also something known as reverse T3, which might be tested in these cases. I don't actually think it's absolutely necessary one the tests aren't always reliable Um, and two it's quite expensive and it does take usually a separate lab to do it Um, but it still can be done what happens is we talked about last time you got t3 which is basically T4 is going to be converted into one of two directions, free T3 or reverse T3. Free T3 is putting on the gas pedal, reverse T3 is basically putting on the brakes. So by testing that and seeing the difference on the trends, we can kind of assess or think where things are going. But um, the free or the reverse T3 is essentially a biologically inactive form of T3 that has no effect literally on metabolism. It can change on a day-to-day basis much like, or even hour to hour, much like T3. TSH can be to issues of infection, stress, and a wide variety of things. The last thing I'd like to look at for a complete thyroid panel are thyroid antibodies. Um, This is a biggie, and this is when we start talking about Hashimoto's disease. Uh, The presence of thyroid antibodies can prevent the thyroid hormone from attaching to thyroid receptors. Uh, It can also lead to the thyroid from being attacked or destroyed. These, ele- these levels can be elevated due to infection, inflammation, trauma, uh, anything like that. And what's very interesting, sometimes there's a mystery that goes on. Um, High thyroid antibodies basically can destroy the thyroid gland itself. So oftentimes you might have someone that has Hashimoto's or they may not know they have Hashimoto's because they haven't been tested. And they may start to notice that rapid flutter and heartbeat. Um, you know, it feels like the heart starts racing. Uh, oftentimes them or the doctor or the pharmacist or practitioner, whoever, might assume that's too high levels of thyroid itself in the system and might back off but what it actually can be is the elevated antibodies attacking the thyroid gland destroying it so then you get these little pockets of thyroid hormone that are being dumped in the system from time to time leading to these flutter and increased heart rate so that's important um there's a couple two main um antibodies to be tested there's thyroid peroxidase which is an enzyme involved in thyroid hormone production uh the body produces these antibodies uh that attack the thyroid gland as i mentioned like in hashimotos there's also a thyroglobulin antibody um which is a protein rich it, it's it's protein rich in tyrosine remember that's one of the uh, components to creating the thyroid uh the residues of which when bound in iodine become the building blocks of the t3 t4 uh, if the iodine levels are low thyroid globulin accumulates thus high levels indicate insufficiency of iodine for healthy thyroid function so you know when we get to talk more about the value of iodine and the nutrient component to this, this plays a really big role. So let's recap real quick and we'll we'll just kind of end today's conversation. A complete thyroid um, panel, TSH, which is the body's message saying it needs to create more thyroid hormone. We must keep in mind it is only a screening tool, not a form of diagnostic testing or to diagnose. Uh, It can be artificially suppressed by issues such as elevated cortisol or even inflammation. Total T4. This is going to give us an idea of the total production of thyroid, uh, of the thyroxine that the body produces. So this is an important focus to look at. We can use this when we're testing our next component of a complete thyroid panel, which is free T4 free thyroxin this way we can see the difference between what's bound and what's active if it seems like we have too much bound thyroid going on uh, Then we can put our thinking cap on to find out why then there's free T3 this is the active form of thyroid hormone. This is what we need to stimulate the receptors in the cells to get thyroid activity, support, and metabolism. Uh, It's important to even look at this, even if we don't have the symptoms, because low thyroid activity, when going unrecognized or diagnosed, can increase our chances of a whole host of uh, health conditions, uh, especially cardiovascular disease. Um, reverse T3, as I mentioned, it does not have to be part of a complete thyroid panel, but it certainly can. And then there's the thyroid antibodies. We want to know, I mean, elevated antibodies or Hashimoto's disease is the number one cause of hypothyroidism. So we need to know if our body is attacking its own thyroid gland, because it's going to change the approach that we should take. So there you go for today. I hope this, uh, basically gave you an oversight of how to adequately test, maybe gave you a reason why when you go to your doctor and you're told that things are normal, they might not be, uh, and what to do to look a little deeper. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Tune back. Rob Kress here, Root Pharmacist at Root Pharmacist Radio, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey everyone, Rob Cress here. You know, I started thinking I want to share something else, else with you that actually I find to be quite important. Um, and what I actually want to talk about is the time that you take your medication compared to um, uh, when you actually have your thyroid levels tested. It actually plays a, a pretty significant role here. So <laughs> All right. What do we have here to, to work with? We've got T4 levothyroxine. That's like if someone's on a synthroid or levothyroxine itself. What, and then and then we might have straight T3, which is liothyronine. Brain name of this could be Cytomel. Uh, You might have an immediate release combination of a T4 and T3. This example would be like an armor thyroid, uh, a nature thyroid, WP thyroid. There's a bunch of combos out there now. Maybe you get a compounded form, uh, which they put in a sustained action. So it's working throughout the day for you. Uh, This would be from a compounded pharmacist. And this could be a T4, T3 alone or in a sustained action. So let's talk about testing. And what we want to talk about is actually when the best time to test after you take your dose, uh, basically queuing in on when these thyroid levels peak so we can get an accurate reading because these things literally will change from day to day. So first step, when you go in for your test, you need to be at complete rest for at least 15 minutes before your thyroid sample is taken. So I want you to get to the appointment early and I want you to be relaxed. Uh, No rushing, nowhere to be afterwards. This can actually affect um, a number of different levels within your thyroid. Uh, panel. So let's first talk about uh, levothyroxine. If you're taking that, which would be like, as I mentioned, uh, Synthroid would be the brand name or just a good olivothyroxine. You need to basically have your levels read four to 16 hours after the last dose taken. This medication peaks in two to four hours and lasts for 18 to 20 hours. So that this here, should be tested four to 16 hours after your last dose that could be a huge variance think about how many people take it at seven or eight in the morning and then they don't go to the doctor again till eight and the next day you're missing that window Uh, if we're taking cytomel cytomel or lyothyronine you want to actually have levels read uh, two to four hours after the last dose this peaks in one to two hours uh, and it declines after four to six hours if you're taking an armor thyroid, nature thyroid, um, you know, an immediate release combo T4, T3. You wanna do this about four hours after the last dose taken. Uh, so these can really, you know, we're looking at a lot of these things where you're not doing a first thing in the morning uh, blood test or doctor's exam, uh, unless you wake up super early, um, sustained action, T4, T3, you want this to be taken four to eight hours after the last dose. Uh, these levels peak in one to two hours and they decline after 10 hours. All right. Um, patients should, and as I mentioned, remember, we need to be at complete rest for at least 15 minutes before the thyroid sample is taken. So just a little add of information here. Hope that helps and have a wonderful day.